Hi, this is Sydney O'Sullivan, and I'm here with Shep Hyken, who is the current president of the National Speakers Association of the U.S. Hi, Shep. How you doing? Hey, I am doing fantastic. Uh, it's uh, evening here. What time is it there? Well, it's about nine o'clock in the morning in Australia, and uh, Shep and I, Shep and I, have just recorded an interview for our Motivations magazine. Thank you so much, Shep. It's my pleasure. It was fun. You're awesome. You know that? That's great questions. <laughs> well, I love my job. So, um, and I get to work with such interesting people like you. So I met Shep at the National Speakers Association of Australia conference. And uh, he, I just took to him right away. And now that I've done the interview with him, I can see why. Because we have so much in common. We're both domain name hoarders. So... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have about 600 domains, Shep. How many do you have? Uh, I don't have 600, but I have enough. I know that tomorrow a bunch of them are expiring and I need to be, <laughs> they need to be renewed. So uh, I, GoDaddy has said you need to become like a professional domain person because <laughs> we'll save you money to do that. I, okay, I'll do it. I, I, I probably have 100 or so. Not 600, that's a lot of domains. Well, yeah, I go in every now and then and cull. But, um, but I jokingly said to my business partner the other day, you know, one day when I get some time, I'm going to set up websites on a whole bunch of those domains, and it's probably worth about a half a million dollars to sell the flip the you know flip the websites. Oh but, wow! But that's one of those things that's just on the to do list, you know, of when I get time. And uh, we've only it's honestly it's taken us years, but we've just started to find really good web guys. Um, that's been a challenge for for me for many years was finding good people who could build websites quickly and reasonably and and understand my entrepreneurial speak. So. That, I don't know whether you do you find that that actually trying to communicate your vision to technicians is a challenge. Well, I, I use a guy in the, the U.S. His name's Ford Sakes PrimeConcepts.com, and he himself is a speaker. He's actually on our board of directors at the National Speakers Association. Ah. One of the best in the business. He can work with anybody anywhere in the world. I love your website. As soon as I looked at it, I was like, oh, "This is amazing!" And, uh, okay. and that's your that's your message to market, right? Yeah, I mean, that's when, you know, the hiking.com site is my speaker's, you know, expert uh, website. It's it's learn learn about Shep and hopefully hire him. Yes, and it's it's really wonderfully structured. I highly recommend everyone to go and have a look at it. It's hiking.com, H-Y-K-E-N, and uh, be inspired and start setting some goals for yourself as a speaker. So Shep's agreed to give us uh, a, a few minutes to talk about some of the things he's doing to market himself as a speaker. Um, and this is what we tell our clients. See, the problem that we find, Shep, is that a lot of our clients don't realize how poorly they're marketing themselves. So we're often trying to teach them um, about a solution to a problem they don't even realize they have. Does that make sense? Totally. Uh, you know, I think that in this business, just because you have a good speech doesn't mean people are going to pick up the phone and call you. Yeah, so I absolutely loved when Shep was telling me about everything that he's doing to market his business. I really um, wanted him to share that with you. So, Shep, can you tell us some of the things that I know you're doing a lot, but what are the ones that are having the highest impact on getting you some of these awesome clients? So let's sure. talk about that a little bit. Shep gets to work, work with some of the top Fortune 100 companies around the world, and uh, you're um, would you, and you're you're a Hall of Fame award winner with National Speakers. But that alone doesn't get you gigs, does it? No, no. The, you know, and it's uh, my favorite phrase. And my friend Bud Dietrich, 80-some-odd years old, or I'm sorry, died at 92 just recently. 
my mentor, he told me many years ago that if I would just spend 40 hours a week at getting business, the business would eventually come. Now, that doesn't mean I spend 40 hours a week working on my speech, practicing, writing, et cetera, et cetera. No, it's eight hours a day, five days a week, call people, talk to them, build relationships, book business. What he was saying is the job isn't doing the speech, it's getting the speech. The product isn't going to, you know, just because you have a good speech, if you don't market it, sell it, no one's going to know. So the number one way in my mind today for anybody to get business is to use the phone. Now, you can pick up the phone and make cold calls. And I believe in the beginning, you have to do that. You have to let people know that you're available. Call them cold calls, ask for referrals, but you're going to have to pick up the phone and call people. So until you get some type of a reputation and you have an expertise, and by the way, maybe you came to this business because you had an expertise, but you need to write a blog, get those articles posted. You need to use and exploit the social media that's basically free for us. We can use YouTube. We can get on LinkedIn. We can uh, tweet. Uh, we can, uh, and by the way, YouTube's one of my favorites. Everything that I write, every article that I write for my blog, I create a video. So I'm multi, I'm using one piece, I'm multi-purposing and, and diversifying with one piece of content a number of different ways. So I write with it, I create a blog, I use the audio as an iTunes podcast. Uh, I, I take excerpts out of the blog and, and I tweet those out. I create little slide decks with my sayings from you know, the sentences that I'm using to tweet with. So I'm, and, I, and I put that on SlideShare. So, I, don't, I mean, I, I do a host of different things, and it's not one thing that works great. It's the magic in the mix. So, uh, you, one of the things that you've done that's, that's really clever is you've become a curator of information as well. So, you picked a topic. Your, yours is customer service. You love it. You're passionate about it. You stay current with right. that, right? Mm -hmm. So, while you're staying current, though, you're looking for good articles. Yes. And then you repost those articles. Tell us about that. So for Twitter, for example, I, I, I do 20 tweets a day, and those 20 tweets are based on articles that I'm reading throughout the day or the day before. I use Google Alerts to compile anybody that's writing about customer service, customer experience, customer loyalty, customer engagement, all the things tied to that genre. Whatever your topic is, as your speakers are listening to this, whatever their topic is, they should get a Google Alert and see what other people are writing. And this is what I love to do. I, I read what, what, you know, they, they, they create this list. They send it to me throughout the day. I get, get emails from Google. Here's, you know, what's what people write. I, if I like it, I tweet great article on customer engagement by Sydney O'Sullivan. And I link <laughs> to the article. Well, guess what? Now I get to tweet out information, but Sydney is happy that I just did this for her, you know, and on a weekly basis, I compile my favorite articles, and I actually write a blog called My Five Favorite Articles That I've Read This Week. And people uh, love it when I feature them in my top five, but it's not because of anything other than they've given great material. So, and you know, share this, the wealth. With this positioning, you've also managed to pick up some great uh, writing posts. So you're writing for some of the top online uh, medias, aren't you now? Well, I write for my own, and then I have a weekly article that I write for Forbes, which is something I, I really wanted to do. Plus, my articles get picked up in all types of publications, and some pretty pretty big publications will pick up my articles on occasion. So that's that's pretty cool. 
And then how uh, how are you multi? You're, you're turning them into videos. Are you actually just reading the article face to camera on your videos, or are you? Do you well, have literally, that's what like, I do. Okay. When I write the article, I write it with the idea that I'm actually going to be putting it on an iPad teleprompter. I bought a little program. I think there was a special for three dollars US that it's called the Teleprompt Plus. But you can you can download any any one. So when I write the article, I could say. It, it, a lot of people, when they type, they will type something out that says, as mentioned above, when they're referring to the article. Well, you can't say that in a video. So you just simply say, as previously mentioned. So when I write, I keep that in mind. And then all I do is I copy and I paste it right into the teleprompter. And if you've got a, a, a smartphone with a video camera on it, which most of us do, believe it or not, that's high enough quality. And you just set that smartphone right on top of your uh, you know, computer, your iPad teleprompter, and you just, it looks like you're looking into the lens, but you're really just reading what's on the teleprompter and make sure you have a decent microphone. I would suggest putting an inexpensive external mic on there and then start posting to YouTube. It doesn't cost anything and you'll be better for doing it. And then you're, you've said you have a studio in your office. Um, what do you use I, that for? I do. I took a, a storage room. It was a big storage room. When, when we got the office, the landlord said, this will make a great extra office. I said, actually, it looks more like a prison cell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no windows. and I mean, it's like, it's, it's, so what we did is we just painted a wall green. We Googled the green screen paint formula, and I went to the hardware store, and for 16 bucks, they sold me a can of this paint, which, by the way, you can pay $100 for if you actually go online and type in green screen paint. Mm -hmm. uh, but I painted the wall green. I bought an inexpensive software program uh, so that I could edit. And I actually, because I, at the time I didn't, I, I didn't feel like using my iPhone, uh, I bought a very inexpensive uh, Sony camcorder. It's like a hundred and something dollars. It wasn't very expensive at all. And uh, so there it is. That's my studio. Oh, you go on eBay and you buy studio lights. Uh, studio lights, uh, inexpensive studio lights, all you want to do is you want to flood and get a really bright light. Cost me about $60 to buy studio lights. And, and you walk in and go, wow, he's got this, all these big lights. Yeah, four big lights cost me $60. Big deal. Yeah, so I mean, they might cost us a little bit more in Australia, but, uh, or wherever you're listening to from. But the, um, but the, the fact is you can go on Amazon and get and get green screen kits now that you can just put uh, Yeah, you can go on Amazon, you can go on eBay. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can buy it, you can get these inexpensively almost anywhere. You type in studio, uh, stu video studio lighting. Yeah. And I, I actually splurged and recently bought an iPad teleprompter, which is basically, well, well, here's a cool tip. It's basically a tray that you put your iPad in that has a piece of glass that reflects what's on the screen. So the camera can go right behind the glass. So it looks like you're looking straight into it. I think today that's probably $120 or $130 US. But if you go on YouTube and you type in how to make an iPad teleprompter, it will teach you to do it in about $15. And you use the box that it came in. It's just really cool and clever. I decided okay. to splurge. <laughs> so, um, now you, didn't you were spend talking much money, but that makes a difference. Um, thank you. That's great advice. And you were talking about um, picking up the phone and. Um, I remember you and I talked about this, and I thought it was really great. What's your advice for who are we calling when we pick up the phone to get ourselves gigs? Well, it depends what you speak on. You know, I was speaking on customer service. 
I could speak at a sales meeting or I could speak at a company-wide meeting. I started speaking at sales meetings because I always thought of myself as kind of the motivational speaker on customer service. So what I did is I would call the person in charge of sales, the VP of sales. That was the first person I would call. And many times that was right. Uh, I actually had a very scientific way of choosing my companies to call on. I went and bought a business magazine, and if they had a full-page ad, they were big enough to have a meeting. <laughs> That's, I thought maybe they'd have people and hire a speaker. So that was my, my marketing, uh, the, the, my analysis on my, on my potential clients. And I just picked up the phone and, and said, are you the person in charge of hiring speakers for your meetings? And if they said no, I'd ask who? And if they'd say yes, I'd say, well, do you ever use professional speakers? And the word professional is very important because if they say, if you ask, do you use speakers, they might say, yeah, we have our customers come in and talk. No, I want to know, do you hire professionals? Do you mm -hmm. pay your speakers? And if they say yes, I say, oh, really? Well, I'm a professional speaker. I, I work with companies on creating amazing customer service for their customers. Um, who have you used in the past? And they'll start to tell me. Now, if I know my industry and they start naming names, I'm going to recognize some of those speakers. A couple of things that are important. Number one, I know, hey, I'm like those types of speakers, so I'm a good fit, or I'm not, so I'm not a good fit. But if I also know those speakers, I might know what they charge because we're all, you know, we, we know what people charge. You can go on a speaker bureau's website. Many times they list the price ranges of the different speakers. So if I hear they're using my buddy, say, Tony Alessandra, well, now I know I'm similar to that type of speaker and they can afford me if they're paying him his regular fee. So I now know the fee is no longer an issue. And even if I don't know, at some point in time, if the client is actually willing to talk to me, I'll say, hey, before we go any further, I just want to know, you know, I want to know when their next meeting is and that type of thing. Hey, do you, have you set your budget for this? Because I want to make sure I'm in your budget. And here's what I do. I actually post my fees on my website. And the reason is, is when I say to my clients, I know you haven't yet had a chance to look at my website. And when we're finished, I'm sure you will. My fees are actually published on my website. But let's talk about it now. And the fact that they know that I'm published psychologically tells them I'm not going to make up a number just to fit their budget. And mm -hmm. so I think that helps. And many times when clients look at my website before and then they pick up the phone and call me, they've actually seen what I charge before we ever have that budget conversation. And they'll say, yeah, I saw what you charge on your website. That's fine. Okay, great. So let's, um, let's just talk very quickly about you're using Twitter. You're doing Twitter posts a day, uh, 20 posts a day. You're yes. using YouTube. Are you doing much on LinkedIn? Yes, love LinkedIn. Uh, I'm careful what I post on LinkedIn because I don't want to inundate my my uh, connections on LinkedIn with too much content. Okay. Uh, so what we do is at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, but usually once a week, we post one of my articles on LinkedIn. And uh, they have something called Pulse, um, and we post it, and sometimes it gets a, a lot of coverage. Uh, two weeks ago, we had over 50,000 uh, readers uh, and that's a lot of people reading an article, over 300 and some odd comments. That's and I fantastic. engage with those people. I go through the comments and I either like them and if they're worth commenting on, we go back and forth. And by the way, that's the key to social media is be social. You know? yeah. <laughs> Don't just post. Be um, social and interact. Well, that's awesome. I mean, those are your engaged people, right? So, okay. So, so you've got, how about uh, email? LinkedIn is a great resource. You've got your newsletter. You're doing an email as well. How often are you um, sending out a newsletter? Can you hear I me? I send a newsletter out every Wednesday. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. 
Excellent. Send the newsletter letter out every Wednesday. I also, it's the same time I post my blog. Uh, and then on Mondays, I mentioned to you, I, I curate content and I post my five favorite articles. Uh, that's a blog that I don't email out, but I post it. On Fridays, we usually have somebody guest blog, an expert on customer service, uh, will post an article uh, from someone else. And then uh, Tuesdays, I release my video uh, that I that is based on one of my previous blogs. On Thursdays, I have my article on Forbes. Uh, also on Tuesdays, I have a CBS radio, a digital radio show. I'm part of their digital network, and I do a CBS radio episode uh, every Tuesday. Uh, we pre-record it. By the way, that's one of the keys. Everything's pre-recorded. You can write ahead of time and just set it to release uh, on a certain day at a certain time. And I think that's really important for us as speakers as we travel over time. Now it's a luxury of being in our office at a particular time every single week at the same time to do a, a radio show once a week, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So you can actually, you could actually, if you're a busy speaker and you're traveling a lot, you could pre-record all day one day, for instance, and then have that. Uh, set oh, to Sydney, you're cutting out. Um, okay, can you hear me now? Yep, now I can hear you. Yep, you cut out a little bit there. Um, yeah, our internet's getting testy. So, um, the so you can pre-record. You could say spend a a week while you're home in the studio recording, and then have it go out for the next few months, right? Right. So what I yeah. do is I usually go into my video studio and record four to six of my articles. So I'm good four to six weeks out. And uh, and I'll do some other tips as well. Uh, when I write my articles, I realize my goal is to always be three days ahead of when the article comes out. Ideally, I want to be a week and three days ahead because I don't want to have to panic and, and just you know say, OK, what am I going to write about this week? And by the way, a great way, people say, how do you write so much? You know, I've written about 350 plus articles uh, just for my blog post. And I read what other people are writing. And sometimes I don't even read the article. I just read the title. And the title inspires me to an idea to write something. Okay, great. So are you using Facebook at all? I do. I have a presence on Facebook. I have a Facebook business page and my personal page. And if somebody wants to be a friend, on my personal page and I really don't know them, I say, hey, let's connect on my business page. Uh, if we're really friends and we're hanging out, I'm happy to do that. But uh, the business page, interestingly, while I post a lot of content, Facebook now doesn't send it to everybody that follows me on my business page mm. or likes my business page. A percentage. They, they want me to pay to boost it to that group. But I still think it's a good place to post content. So are you using any like Google ads or um, paid advertising? I do Google pay-per-click advertising okay. for my training side of my business primarily. Uh, I do also just because uh, occasionally somebody will poach my name and use my name for their own Google ads. I pay, and I mean, the, if it's pennies per click. And I would imagine it probably cost me a dollar a month or so. But I actually, I actually have my name set up as a Google uh, paid advertisement. So, uh, I, I mean, it, it, it doesn't really amount to much. But I do uh, set it up there. Also, Google likes when you pay for a little bit of advertising. Even if it's just $10 a month, you're in their system. You're, you're, uh, the algorithm picks up on the fact mm -hmm. that you're an actual paid advertiser, not just somebody with a website. 
that's what I was told anyway. Yeah, they, yeah they, that I've been told that they reward you. If you're using a lot of YouTube and things that are Google, they lo- the more Google products you use, the more it, it, the algorithm loves you, apparently. Right, so, right. Nobody really knows the inner workings of Google, right? So, and we never <laughs> will because it keeps changing just yeah. when you think you've got it. <laughs> So and and then you're you're very active this year with national speakers and then next year you will become the um, pa- immediate past president. So it's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you've been doing a lot of speaking and getting out and meeting people from that. Um, how important is networking for getting speaking gigs? Well, if you want to network with other speakers, I don't think they're going to hire you to speak at their homes or their offices, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. You know, if you network with other speakers and you have peers, the truth of the matter is, I my I call them my arch enemy competitors. I give them my I give them leads. Hey, I just did this gig last year. I think you would be perfect for this client. They're not going to book me again next mm-hmm. year. It was a keynote speech. My clients love that I do that. And guess what? Maybe three or five years they'll bring me back. But my friends who do exactly what I do, they love it. And guess what they do? They give me gigs. Yeah. So. Uh, it's 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 a great, you know, the law of reciprocity comes in there again. And by the way, once again, I believe you you give and you forget. You do not keep score. If you keep score, you're going to go crazy. You're going to stress yourself out. You're going to be miserable the rest of your life because you're going to give people things and they never reciprocate. Don't worry. You're going to find another person like you who gives and gives and gives and they'll take care of you. Yes. And um, with your, uh, did you ever run your own events? Have you ever tried doing that? I have. I used to have a seminar company back in, oh, a long time ago, uh, back in around 1990, 91, 92, 93. And uh, we, we created a great event and uh, we did probably five events a month. And we would basically, uh, it, was, it was a great thing. I did it for about three to four years. And uh, it, was, it was a great opportunity and it was very financially rewarding as well. A lot of hard work. Yes. But good practice, right? Really, really hone your craft. So. Oh yeah, because you know, and, and plus it was it was a successful program. It started out slow, and I eventually sold it uh, because somebody wanted the formula that I had. If you want to call it a formula, it was just a process to uh, you know create this seminar, and and uh, we we did it. So they they bought it. We gave them the content. They were very successful. Well, Shep, I am got to be conscious of your time. I know your team are going to kill me because I've had you on here for so long. And uh, I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your knowledge and your experience and your time. Uh, I know how busy you are. Well, Sydney, you're awesome. And I think you are just as, as generous. You know, <laughs> you, you're. Well, thank you. You're doing all this for your speaker friends over there. So, I mean, it's 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 all what it's what it's all about. And I appreciate being on your show. Well, everybody, go and check out hiking.com and be inspired. It's a fantastic website. You'll be able to get access to lots of Shep's interviews on there and his articles. Sign up for his newsletter. Uh, bring him over to speak at conferences uh, wherever you're, you know, if you want a, a really fantastic speaker. He doesn't just get up and speak. He actually does magic and entertains, which I loved. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it's nice to have that little extra, right? You've got your props. and uh, Do you think that that's given you a competitive edge? Yeah, we have fun doing it. You know, I, uh, I think anybody that's entertaining has a competitive edge. Yes. You know, people said, you ask, do you be funny in this business? And the answer is, yeah, if you want to get paid. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Shep, and um, have a great night, and thanks so much again for your time, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, I hope I see you sooner than later, and thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Shep. Signing out.